Well, good morning. Welcome back to another edition of our Anchored in the Word Morning Reflection. And we are continuing to work our way through Luke chapter 1. And we're talking about uh, Mary's humility and embracing God's plan for her and the part that she was going to play in the, in the story of redemption where God is going to give us the Messiah and he's going to use this woman uh, to bring the Messiah into the world. And then we're going to see God's grace. And so let's read the text again together and we will focus on the fact that this painful disruption was something that was an essential part of God's plan. And it's not something that was avoidable. And we'll talk about why that is. So Luke chapter one, verse 26 says this. In the sixth month, the angel, Gab the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to virgin espouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary. For thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Power of the highest shall overshadow thee, therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, for who was for who for who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. The angel departed from her. Now I want us to notice how this is really an essential part of the story of God sending the Redeemer into the world. And there are several critical components that are mentioned about Jesus. For instance, in verse, in these verses, it says, thou shalt conceive and bring forth a son. And it says that she was going to conceive without uh, the normal biological conception with a father. And that meant that Jesus was not the seed of a man, but he was the seed of the woman, which was an essential part of the, the promise that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. Or another statement we see, he should be called the son of the highest. The idea is that he is the second person of the triune God. Or another statement, he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. Of his kingdom, there shall be no end. He is the king that has an eternal kingdom. And this holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. He's called the Sinless One. Now, each of those pieces are an important part of it, helping us to understand the nature of Christ. He's the seed of the woman. He's the Son of the Highest. He's the Eternal King. And he is the Sinless One. But there are also two other pieces to this that I want us to notice this morning. And the first is that God's God's commandment, or I say his promise, was on the line. His word was on the line. His faithfulness to his promises was on the line. When, when the Bible talks about the seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15, that was a prediction and a promise. He says, I will put enmity between the seed the woman and thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That was a promise that there would be a savior that would come of the seed of the woman. Or in Isaiah 7, 14, he says, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin 
shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Again, that is a prediction and a promise. God's word is on the line. But we could also say that his nature is on the line as well. And in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, When the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Or in John 1.14, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Or again, Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. He being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now, in order for us to have a person who is fully God and fully man at the same time, then, and, and also a sinless man at the same time, then he has to be miraculously conceived. And so his nature is on the line. The perfection of his humanity, the fact that he is a sinless man, and the fact that he is God in flesh is on the line. And this is an important part of the story. And so if Jesus was not conceived in such a way, we would not have the story unfold as it does. And God's word being on the line would have been somehow compromised. And we know that none of those things were possible. God cannot, dis uh, he can't lie. He can't say, I'm going to do this and then pull back. When he says, this is how I'm going to accomplish redemption. If he's going to accomplish redemption, he has to do it through that way. And so that leads us to the question of, well, well how do we apply this? What, is, what are the implications of this? Well, the first is that the miraculous nature of Christ's conception is an essential part of the gospel. If we don't have this part of the story, if we reject this part of the story, we reject an essential component. We also could say this, what made Christ uniquely and exclusively qualified to be the representative, the one-of-a-kind one, the unique one who represents us by going to the cross, dying for our sin, and rising from the dead, what makes him uniquely qualified is the fact that he is the perfect God-in-flesh individual. And so we see several scriptures that kind of emphasize this concept. Colossians 2.9, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, he is talking about a man, that is Jesus. Yet at the same time, this man, Jesus, is the one who in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We see he's God in flesh. Or in Romans 5.17 and following, he says, By one man's offense, death reigned by many. Much more, they which shall receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Or John 14, 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So the whole point of what we're talking about here is that the, the birth of Christ and the conception of Christ had to be in this way so that his humanity and his deity could be united as uh, those two pieces to the one individual, full humanity and full deity. He has to be a sinless man, yet every person that is conceived naturally receives through Adam a sin nature. 
and Jesus had to be conceived uniquely. And so this is an important part of the story. Yes, Mary experienced hardship, but she, she had to. Someone had to be in this position, and God chose this woman. And so I think that we should take a few minutes just to say, God, thank you for what you have done for me. And I'm thankful that this woman was willing to submit herself to the role that you had for her in ultimately bringing the Savior into the world. Well, I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your morning. And Lord willing, tomorrow we're going to continue in this series. Have a blessed day. Bye now.